0: Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: And the reason we said we're going to go through this list. It's to point out what we know Notre Dame can't do. They cannot. I think they're going to end up with a top five class. Absolutely. They have a great chance. If they hit on Devin Williams, if they hit on Derek Meadows, If they, I think Elijah Burr is fantastic. If they get a Lex Cyrus, oh, my God, report came out yesterday. We already know. Deuce Knight told you. I'm not giving up on Jamie French. I'm trying to bring Jamie French with me. Report came out yesterday that Notre Dame is still working on Jamie French. They got to get him on campus this spring. they have to they have yes yeah, so there's a chance that if Notre Dame can close with heavy hitters if they can close with heavy hitters, there's a great chance that Notre Dame ends up with a top five class in recruit. but Notre Dame is going to be more is going to be closer to Michigan when they finally win then they will be alabama or georgia so i thank michigan for kicking the door in and proving to everybody else that you don't have to be like alabama and georgia because what we've seen from clemson what we've seen from clemson is that dabo can't do it unless he has a top five class to clemson, They were getting those top five classes, and they won championships. They stopped getting those top five classes, and all of a sudden, you don't have that stud quarterback, all of a sudden, the Clemson way is not as effective. Jason Smith said it. The way Dabo runs things, his culture needs that dude at quarterback. DJ was highly ranked, didn't work. K Klubnick got of Texas, Mr. Everything. How's that working for you, Dabo? And you still want to hold on it, you going to be fantastic. Okay, we're waiting. Year three, uploading. Year three, uploading. And that's why I give the nod to Michigan over the others. I thought long and hard. I have a lot of respect for Oklahoma and the continuity that they've had for years for years and Brent Venable being able to get that team back to 10 wins to go from Stoops to Lincoln to Brent have a little bit of fall off be consistent you know Stoops had a little bit of that you know he won one against Florida State but Stoops after that had a little bit of that Mm, we're real talented, but we just can't get it done. So the LL question of the day, since we've talked about culture, where does Notre Dame fit when it comes to top cultures in college football? Are they top 10? Are they top five? Where do you think? Multiple coaches that have won national championships. Brian Kelly, all-time winning coach. Three, one national championship game, two appearances in the college football playoff. Pretty good. Marcus Freeman, nine wins his first year, 10 wins his second year. More wins in his first two seasons than Brian Kelly had. And you still feel like the program is trending. That's the question of the day. Where do you feel Notre Dame fits in college football when it comes to culture?
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to Indeed data,
1: Is it a top five culture? Is it a top 10 culture? Let us know. David Jones asked the question, top five. As of now, their 2025 class is ranked number one. So why the drop, Sean? Isn't indeed the leader for many really good players? Yes, really good players. They're not the leaders for the top 50 players. The top 50 players are going to Alabama. They're going to Georgia. And Alabama and Georgia close. Ohio State closes all the time. Notre Dame was ranked number one when they had Keon Keely, Payton. Uh, Notre Dame, this—they're not new under Marcus Freeman to being number one early in recruiting. They've done that. They've done that. They're not going to hold on to the number one spot because they're not Alabama and Georgia. They're not. They're Notre Dame, and I think I show. Uh, I think it's Roosevelt Carney, who. States that I mean, there's just certain things about Notre Dame culture that's not going to get top guys. oh this is a great point. Shout out to the way you guys always respond and comment, even after the show. A conversation yesterday about, you know, we're talking about the backyard states for Notre Dame and recruiting, and how Malik felt like everywhere is a backyard state because Notre Dame is is global. It's like no, that's no, that's not true. There are certain Geographical areas like California has always been a backyard recruiting area or area for Notre Dame. Always, always been that way, continues to be so. And that's 3,000 miles away. So it's not about geographics all the time, right? Ohio is a big, historically has been a backyard place for Notre Dame to get top talent, they just got Brennan Vernon, top five player. But when we started talking about Alabama and Georgia, which was the focus of the conversation, and I thank you for someone that pointed out, sent me the article, because uh, we were looking. I asked the question: Who was the top last top five kid in the state of Alabama and Georgia that Notre Dame got to come to Notre Dame? And initially, we thought we had to go all the way back to to it. Somebody hit us up. Similar to the way Bryce Young, Gerby Lambert, other players, after committing, got bumped up. Kyle Hamilton got bumped up considerably in the last recruiting rankings after his commitment. He ended up on 247. On 247. That was the platform two four seven seven had him as the second best player in georgia and they had him as a five star it was funny because i had to confirm this i hit my boy beat Driscoll. i had to confirm this i'm like yo he was like yeah he was like Kyle didn't get bumped up until like the very end wasn't like he was a three star when they got him when he committed he was a three slash four and then you know, late in the very late in the process, they bumped him up. So I was like, okay, that's great. We know that. But even with Cal Hamilton, there's a caveat. Brian Driscoll, after to give him credit. He brought this up. He said Cal Hamilton is not your average top five kid from Georgia. Cal Hamilton didn't grow up like the majority of those kids in Georgia. His dad played in the league. His mom is successful. His brother played college football. There was no struggle. His mom didn't care about Alabama and Georgia. She knew her son was going to get to the NFL. She experienced the NFL through his father. They knew the process. And his mom was more concerned about education. That's how Notre Dame shot to the top of the list, especially when they jumped on them early. He said, so even with them getting him, that was a special situation. And those are the type of players that Notre Dame, in those types of areas, like a Devin Williams, who's a little bit different, great relationship with Mike Mickens. We also said this, the only way, if Nick Saban had retired last year, Mike Mickens would have had a great shot at Jalen Mbakwe. Great shot. Great shot with Jalen Mbakwe if Nick Saban had retired last year. But the fact that he didn't retire to this year eliminated the chance to be able to break through. And that is something that Notre Dame and its identity especially from states in the South they're going to have to I think they get in Jalen Smeed special situation. Why? Jalen Snead's head coach played with Marcus Freeman, has a really good relationship with Marcus Freeman. Heck, his his wife, Marcus Freeman and his wife, they know each other. That's a special situation to be able to get one of the top five players out of South Carolina. Bryce Young, one of the top players in North Carolina, special sit to say the least. Special situation. His dad is a Hall of Famer that was an all-American at Notre Dame that coached at Notre Dame. Bright spent time around Notre Dame. He knows Notre Dame. He knows what to expect. These are the type. If you're going to get those type of kids out of the state of North Carolina, South Carolina, Atlanta, Georgia, historically, Notre Dame has gotten top kids out of Florida. Like you go back, to pre Lou, Lou, Brian Kelly at the start of his tenure was able to get top players out of Florida. They had more success in Florida. But Alabama and Georgia, tough gets, man. Tough gets. And I'm not going to get into the sociological discussion about inner city, all of that. You know, we had Quincy Avery on, he clarified his statements about what kids want. I think Plies is doing a lot as an inner city youth from that area down there to speak to the future generation to say, hey, we got to do like Marcus Freeman at Notre Dame. We need to step it up. He played college football, Plies did. So he understands the process. He understands not only seeing outside of music. like You have to respect the way he went in. Five years was hot. But then he used the resources that he got from that to build the rest of his life you know and sometimes you can't see the forest for the trees right isn't that what they say and sometimes kids man they can't see the forest for the trees when it comes to recruiting and when it comes to their lives right they know alabama they know georgia they know ohio state they know i can go there and possibly have a great chance to win a championship so ultimately marcus freeman is going to have to win so david jones they were being number one right now really doesn't mean anything it doesn't not when ohio state Alabama and Georgia are going to start racking up on top 50 kids and five-star kids. And though today might have one or two in their class. They're not gonna be able to hold that number one spot, just on points, just on points, lucky lefty podcast. All right, guys, sorry about that. I didn't wanna be disrespectful and blow my nose on air. Oh, I got a little something. You guys, excuse me. So that's culture. I believe in Notre Dame's culture. I think Mark Freeman is doing an incredible job of establishing culture, and um, we just have to take a wait and see, wait and see approach because it's not going to look like what Nick Saban created. It's not going to look like what Kirby Smart created. It's just not. It's going to look a lot like what Jim Harbaugh created. And Notre Dame has to be relentless. They flat out have to be relentless. So once again, Alabama, Georgia, and I give the nod to Michigan. Even I know Jim Harbaugh is not there, but the culture is the culture right now, as it sits. They're, they're the defending champs until a year from now. When somebody wins the championship, unseats them, they're on the throne. It is what it is. And strictly because of that, I have to give them the nod. Anthony Solomon, I agree. You know, getting James, they're on James Simon. If Dylan McCullough gets James Simon out of Louisiana, bro, that's, that's a steal. That's a steal. Notre Dame not about to go to Louisiana and get top five talent consistently. That just, it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. Lucky Lefty podcast. Uh, Irish Steel says, nd is a top ten culture right now, but could catapult to top three if the Freeman guys pan out like we expect. Indy ND will be fierce, fast, relentless, and strong if things keep going forward." Thank you for that, Irish Steel. Sixty-three. Hey, that's what it's going to take. They're going to have to be a relentless program. They have to be. It's going to have to be a relentless program. They're going to have to be a relentless program. I'm trying to see if anybody else. Jason Smith says, "I think it's coming." It's harder to get a real culture when the guys coming in are bigger dogs than the vets. That's that's interesting. But you know, within that culture, you can have dogs coming in, and I respect the fact that Marcus Freeman has been consistent in saying, "I'm not giving jobs away. You have to earn them." In this in this culture, the way we do things at Notre Dame. Is that you earn them. You earn jobs and you earn them in practice. Marcus Freeman, I think it was controversial when he said that. Like, I don't do gamers. (laughs) Excuse me. I don't do gamers. If you're not doing it in practice, you're not getting on the field. It is what it is. Lucky Lefty Podcast. So, we put the link. I'll put the link to the store for our merchandise in the chat once again. You guys can go check it out. No, Marcus Freeman did not hire Bullock. Mike's Bullock is still a GA. They don't have any positions available to hire another coach. And so you guys are arguing. Stay nuanced. Because we're not talking about just getting kids out of the South. Like CJ Mays from Alabama. They got him out of Alabama. He's not a top five kid in Alabama. Notre Dame had no shot with Ryan Williams. Like none. Never in consideration. Uh, they had a small chance with Jalen Mbakwe, but that was because of Mike Mickens. So the argument is whether or not kids in the South, look at, dude, Notre Dame gets kids from Texas. They get kids from Florida. Like, they get kids from the South. They just got kids from North Carolina. They've gotten kids from South Carolina. They're on South Carolina kids in the 25 and 26 class. Can they get the game breakers? from those states? Can they get the number one player from those states? Can they beat Georgia and Alabama head up? Can they beat them head up for a kid? Those are the questions. That's the bigger question. You can find talent all over the South without getting the main guys. The question is, can they make the jump to get those guys from those areas honestly that is that's the big question that's the big question lucky lefty podcast
3: Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, Lev, I'm going to allow you to get your your top three. I gave my top three cultures in college football. And we heard from fans that said they think Notre Dame's culture is top 10 right now. But I just want to give this update. Uh, Marcus Freeman and Mike Mickens are going to be together after being separate. Yesterday, Mike Mickens was down in Georgia checking in on Devin Williams. They're going to be in a DMV area in D.C., Maryland, Virginia, checking in on prominent schools. You know, the Gonzaga Prep, St. John's Friendship, the DeMatha Catholic. You know, most of you know DeMatha for basketball. But that program has picked up steam a lot lately. As a matter of fact, I think they faced off against Gonzaga and beat Gonzaga in the championship this year, if I'm not mistaken. Double check that I'll double check that Mike Denbrock will be in Utah left. Are you cool with Mike Denbrock going to Utah left? I've been to Utah for some
4: football. He's going it's to Utah bad. to check.
1: He's, he's going to Utah to check in on 2026 tight end Brock Harris, dude. So as long as that fits your geographical and positional. <laughs> Mike Brown, straight, who's doing a fantastic job a of being in North, North, Carolina. North Carolina. checking on Dudley High School, Nasir Newkirk, 2025 wide receiver, who's fantastic. And Mike Brown is putting in work, bro. And as I said before, from everything I'm hearing, his first impression with all these kids has been fantastic and has put Notre Dame at the top of the list for most of the wide receivers that he's been in contact with. with. Joe Rudolph, he's going to be checking in on 2025 offensive tackle Owen Stribbick up in Wisconsin trying to close the deal, man. The feeling I get is that Owen Stribbick ultimately commits to Notre Dame sometime during the spring on a weekend visit or at the Blue and Gold game. That's how I foresee it. That's how I foresee it. Are they going to have to fight off Wisconsin and some, and Michigan and some other schools? Yes. But I think eventually, especially with Jim Harbaugh leaving, even though Sharon Moore is his main recruiter and is the offensive line coach as well as the OC, I still think Notre Dame is slightly ahead of the Wolverines. And I do think Jim Harbaugh leaving will have an impact on his recruiting. But you always have to keep watch on Wisconsin. You know, who I don't think are really as close as Michigan right now, but they bear watching. Gino Gadulli, he is checking on Deuce Knight. You darn right. Go see Deuce Knight every month, every two weeks. Whatever you have to do to keep Deuce Knight in this class. Gino this week, Mike Denbrock next week, Marcus Freeman a week after that. Send GAs. Man, send him uh, coupons and gift cards to Waffle House. Whatever you have to do. To keep Deuce Night in this class, you do the most. Do it. It's a year long, year long process. Heck yeah. Because do whatever you have to how, do. Long,
4: how long do you have to wait?
1: Next we to got, Yeah, months. we got a whole
4: season.
1: Okay. Damn. A whole 10 months. whole 10 months. Uh, <laughs> Chris O'Leary will be in North Carolina. Dylan McCullough will be down once again. We just talked about this. Left the success historically that Notre Dame has been able to have with top players in Florida. They've been able to pluck top players out of there here. There, Dylan McCullough is down there once again. I'm sure he's going to check in on uh, Thurman and then some other talent down there. Your boy Marty Biaggi. He's out in Hawaii. That's another state that can, can be considered a backyard state. I think Notre Dame considers Hawaii backyard. USC considers Hawaii backyard. BYU and Utah consider Hawaii backyard. All four of those schools have gotten top talent out of the uh, state of Hawaii. Al Washington is going to be in Kentucky, and he's going to be checking in on some of those new offers on the defensive line in the state of Tennessee as well. Shout out to Al Washington, man. Shout out to Al Washington. Yeah, shout
4: out to Washington, man, for definitely being able to bounce back in a recruiting effort where he probably wasn't the strongest recruiter on staff, but he Mm -hmm. became a better one learning from the mistakes. So shout out to Washington on that. And also, yeah, the Deuce Knight recruitment was a good case study for retention on a program that's trying to build something with a position that has yet to be proven as a position worthy of recruiting top talent. So to be able to secure Deuce Knight in terms of him being on campus and locking in on that contract would show a huge move for Marcus Freeman as a recruiter. And I think that's the highlight that you want to stick to because now Marcus Freeman as the recruiter, matched with having wins, puts him in that top 5% category of, of coaches and programs that you want to be a part of to where when he gives that phone call out, okay, that, that's, that's, that has some heavy weight to maybe where he doesn't have to get in the plane all the time and go out. Maybe the phone call starts to be enough. Uh,
1: so go ahead, left. Give your three, your three best cultures in college football. I want to see where you land on this. Up to this point, yeah. I think Ohio State has been
4: a great cultured program from a consistency in the the conference, uh, long-term success. They've produced a championship out of it, some great coaches, uh, NFL players that hold some weight. So they've been very uh, consistent and successful in a lot of areas, especially when it comes to what wins mean against them mm-hmm. and a win against them for a program like notre dame we talked a lot about it being a perspective change on the program something that holds a little bit more weight than just winning it, it shapes how we view the program in a bigger picture and a program that has that that can carry that just because you beat them shows that they're a program that has a culture that uh, is is pretty is pretty strong so i would say ohio state is probably one of those cultures um alabama with nick saban is obviously a very very strong culture uh, through consistency obviously and just the greatness from it and then following that georgia i would say is a consistent program right now culturally I mean, they, they they don't let guys, top guys, get out of the state, usually. Uh, I think that's a big sign for having a, a stable culture is in-state guys that are very loyal to um, to the school itself. Um, so Georgia is obviously, them in Alabama are two places where culture is very strong football-wise. And mm-hmm. then I would say Oregon as a one-off I think Oregon's football culture is very strong a lot of it due to the resources that are football compatible you know obviously optically I mean they got every color in the that you can imagine for jerseys and the the, the money behind it is always keeping them relevant even if they're way in the corner and nowhere and for their geographically to be uh, as strong as they are nationally just shows that a, only a strong culture can keep that that team even relevant. You know, just down the street, Oregon State is so irrelevant compared to Oregon as a national program, and they only mm. ten blocks from each other. You know, so it just shows you the the brand of Oregon football and what it means to college football is super strong. I mean, they were the first to drop those uh, colorway. College Jordans, yeah, yeah, yeah. We all got to get that organ pack. You know what I mean? So, from a football culture, I mean, it's it's a very very strong brand for it to be where it is, and for what it means to college football on a on a yearly basis.
1: Yeah, left. We agreed. We knew that the top two were going to be easy, right? At Alabama, Georgia. We knew. Um. For me, number three was really difficult, right? Uh, I would have immediately said Clemson, if not for the recent demise, in my opinion, and the stubbornness of Dabo. I would have easily said the culture that Dabo created was the third best culture. I think what Sark is building at Texas could be a top three culture in years to come. I had Ohio State under consideration for the third spot. But I had to ask the question, the culture of Ohio State before Urban Meyer was a bunch of talent, but not good enough. John Cooper had talent, couldn't get it done. Earl Bruce had talent, couldn't get it done. Urban Meyer comes in, finally gets it done. Urban Meyer leaves, Ryan Day gets a bunch of talent, can't get it done. So to me, the culture of Ohio State is almost an under underachieving culture with the amount of talent that they constantly get. I had to be fair. Oklahoma could be seen as the same Oklahoma for years has had multiple coaches win national championships from Bud Wilkinson to uh, Stoops. Lincoln Riley has been on the precipice of winning championships. Uh, your other guy that won a championship. Uh, with the Cowboys in the NFL as well. I forget his name. You know what I'm talking about. But either way, that's a program that has been consistent. Brent Venables winning 10 games this year and probably has the program heading in the right direction. Oklahoma was a culture that you have to say, yo, they can be up there as well. But I went ahead and gave the nod for my third slot to Michigan. I just did. Three consecutive years of banging Ohio State, three consecutive years in the college football playoff, and finally getting over the hump and then getting over the hump, beating Michael Penix in Washington, the best offense, and beating one of the best defenses and the genius that is Nick Saban to do it. It's very impressive. Now, the caveat is Jim Harbaugh is no longer there. But we're not talking about tomorrow. But we're the talking about
4: is also their competitive advantage those three years, they were able to get that done as well. So Yeah, That's why I think that's a complete fraud as a Michigan standpoint, only because their success was too closely tied to their competitive advantage they were using in that short span of time. Now,
1: on the back end. Let me ask you a question. Did they have a competitive advantage against Alabama this year? No. What I was saying is. Go ahead. I I just wanted to bring that up because I agree. There is an asterisk or a question mark that will forever be put next to what they've done.
4: I'm only pointing out to say it's not organically done. Not saying that they couldn't have success with it, but it wasn't organically done due to the fact that the, the numbers were too closely tied to when it happened. Now, mm. well, I also say that is because before those three years, they was getting spanked for seven. Yeah. So we just going to forget them seven years, but they were just getting completely embarrassed through coaches, through quarterbacks, through defensive quarterbacks, through their whole structure. How about, to
1: get fired? How about about I get fired about... three years ago? Yeah, when you talk about continuity, you're right. You're right. So I can't
4: put Michigan in there. However, I think if we're just talking straight football culture, my, my runner-up to Oregon would be Nebraska just because, you know, Nebraska as a state celebrates the football team and brings the football
1: culture every year. Now, that's a good point. They might have the best. Well, we can do this possibly tomorrow. Who has the best fan culture? I'm interested in seeing them Notre Dame fans can be subjective in that conversation. Because Nebraska definitely has, probably has one of the top three. Loyal. Fans, they loyal fans.
4: Yeah. They always do show up, even if they stink. Yeah. I mean, it's just a very, very football-friendly environment. I think just culturally, one of the better places to be. So they just don't win nothing. Yeah. If they won something, they would easily be number two behind Alabama.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. Their football culture and their fan culture is absolutely amazing on that side of the conversation. I agree with that. Lucky Lucky Podcast. Le, did you know that Sports Illustrated released their top 25 way too early poll for 2024? Where Where do you think Notre Dame lands on that list, Le? Man, if they ain't top five, they should be cut like the
4: swimsuit uh, crew for Sw- uh, Sports Illustrated. They should all be cut. That's
1: what I think. Oh, we don't but. want to make fun of cuts at Sports Illustrated considering what's been happening <laughs> last week. I don't want to make light of that. But, that
4: but uh, they, I do they think did they did
1: not make they... the top 25. I mean they did not make the five top five. I'm sorry.
4: We're probably like in the, the 15 and below club, 15 to 20 range. Notre I Dame
1: think. sits at Notre Dame sits at number six. Really? They're ranked number six in the top way too early, top 25. We're getting respect and- by, by national outlets. And to go to the point that we said where the litmus test games are not there, or the narrative changing games are not there in the schedule, Florida State, State is ranked 10th, Louisville is ranked 22nd, and USC is ranked 23rd. What's hilarious is that
4: somebody told us the, uh, yesterday ESPN rankings don't count. <laughs> That's what they hey, said man. yesterday. They said, hey, but you know what's funny? I do think that even with the rankings, it still ain't a big game. In my mind, as a program, as as we looking at things objectively, you can't tell me USC with the non-defense that they had last year, the non-defense that showed up and the offense that we were able to coil with a Heisman guy at the quarterback position, that there's somehow a threat the next year with a new quarterback, worse defense, mm-hmm. and a questionable run game at that. So, no, I'm not. Thinking nothing about USC. Louisville is a flash in the pan because I believe that their quarterback just doesn't have enough to beat us. Period. Yeah. Yeah. We have a quarterback that at least hell we can we can start running him if it gets too bad. You know what I mean? Like we got options.
1: Yeah. Can I can and, I um, vindicate can team. I vindicate you a little bit, Left? Can I read something from the article that may vindicate you a little bit? Because you took I think you took a lot of unnecessary heat when you were really trying to have a, a solid nuanced conversation around Riley, Riley Leonard transferring another thing. Can I can I read a little excerpt from the article for you? Yeah, the one that we didn't write, right? This is the no. source. This is another source. National writer. Not lucky oh, left the podcast. Oh, somebody yeah. that yeah somebody that does this
4: for a living.
1: Yes. And this, how, this is how it reads, love. Riley Leonard is this year's ACC transfer quarterback following Sam Hartman last year. Leonard is a good athlete and productive runner who still has some proving to do as a passer. But the return of Mike Denbrock as offensive coordinator after two seasons at LSU could be just what he needs to take the next step. The fighting Irish defense was strong in 2023 and should remain so, especially in the secondary. At a time when most schedules are getting much tougher, Notre Dame is largely the same in terms of number of heavyweight opponents. Look for the Irish to have one of the best records in the country. That's from Pat Forty. Pat Forty, much respected at Sports Illustrated. I want to reiterate. What did he say there, left? Riley Leonard is a good athlete and productive runner who still has some proving to do as a passer. This is going. This is going to put a challenge on Denbrock because. One, we
4: already know it takes two years. That's the first thing. Two, Riley Leonard isn't the talent Jaden Daniel is in terms of the natural passing ability. I think Riley Leonard runs a little harder. Different style of running. It's a different – the difference. So Mm -hmm. it's going to be a challenge for Dembrock to try to meet an expectation of two years for a one-year guy. I think that's just going to be hard to do. But Riley Leonard has potential to do things to help this team win, where I think we have a better team than what LSU had, right? So it should all work in balance. I agree with that.
1: I agree. But with we that. said
4: the same thing though. We said the same exact thing though. We think we're gonna have a good regular season, one of the better ones in the country. Yep. We just we're just putting it on the playoffs.
1: That's what we're putting it on. Yep. And, and you said, and, and you talked about and pointed out after watching film, you pointed out, yo, he has not proven that he can do what needs to be done in the passing game at big moments. That's it. And you took a lot of heat for it. And here we go. The national media seems to think the exact same thing. That that needs to still be proven. He ain't doesn't, crying now. Doesn't, doesn't, doesn't mean he can't do it. right? Hey, perfect example. Patrick Mahomes had to prove he could win on the road in the playoffs. Did he not? I mean, let's be serious. Did he have to prove even that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm saying, but he had not done it. So, therefore, it had to be proven, right? Oh, okay. Yeah, that's true. Didn't mean that he was incapable of doing it, but he had to prove it. I think he passed that test with flying colors. Oh, man. He, he passed it in the first quarter. So, 10 for 10. Come on. Riley Leonard has not done it in big moments via the pass game. He didn't do it via the pass game against Notre Dame. They went to his legs in the run game to get the offense going against Notre Dame. He has to, that is going to be his proving ground. And heck, the bigger picture is that's the proven ground for Notre Dame in big games. Yeah. That's the proven ground for Notre Dame. So, we're gonna see. I do agree that Mike Denbrock is a huge advantage in comparison to what Sam Hartman had. Huge advantage.
4: Well, we're still hold on now. Let's be fair. We still averaged the most we've averaged in a long time. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that
1: point total, that point total went up now. Mm-hmm. Against me mid, against mid-level teams, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. What was that point total against Duke? Ohio State and Louisville, not the same. Considerable drop off offense. We didn't call the same game either, though. So that's all my. I don't
4: know what happened.
1: But isn't that the strength of. As we get ready to get out of here, Left. Isn't that the strength of culture? You you had dropped off. I made this point. I want to see what you think about it. If the Kansas City Chiefs win the Super Bowl in a week and a half, do you realize that they will have won? The Super Bowl, three different ways and three different styles. Okay, they won with offense and Tariq Hill, the first one. That was all offense. They lose Tariq Hill. They replace him with Juju Smith-Schuster. And their offense is totally different. And their defense is young and better. Their defense becomes a top-ten defense with five first two-year two starters. Who does that? They literally won the Super Bowl with the second youngest team. They have the second youngest team and won the Super Bowl. This year, they get rid of both tackles. Two brand new tackles. Offense sputtering all year. Patrick Mahomes throwing more interceptions than ever. Defense is top three now. It has evolved to top three, second in points allowed behind the Ravens. They're going to win the Super Bowl three different ways, bro. Three different types of teams. Patrick Mahomes is literally playing and managing the game and playing to his defense. Patrick Mahomes never worried about doing that, but he did it this year. That's culture, bro. When you have great culture, you can win with different types of teams. You're not always going to have that dominant offensive team that can just blow everybody off the field. But you got that guy.
4: Michael Jordan won the championship a whole bunch of different ways. Because it's Michael Jordan. Oh, absolutely. He won it in six different ways.
1: Yeah, but see, Notre Dame is not. Notre Dame is going to look a lot more like Michigan when they win a championship than they will Alabama under safety. Notre Dame is not about to load up on five, six, five stars every recruiting class. That's not happening. When Notre Dame wins the championship, they're going to be a tough-minded team that has step-by-step gotten themselves to a point. Now, I'm not about to sit here and say I feel like the quarterbacks they have are going to be better than anything J.J. McCarthy did the last three years of Michigan. I have to see it, but just from a talent standpoint, I believe that the quarterbacks they have are going to be able to produce better in big moments than J.J. McCarthy. Well, the talent we're getting, yeah. I think C.J. can
4: even do a little something, you know.
1: Yeah, I think Nick Saban and the culture he established won with different types of teams. He won with defenses that had 250-pound linebackers. Then he switched up and won with linebackers that were 215, 220. He won with A.J. McCarron. He won with Tua. Like, dude, he's he's won with different types of offenses. He's won without top wide receivers. He's won with type top wide receivers.
4: Whoa, 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 whoa. When is he won without top wide receivers? His first
1: championship against, dude, his first championship against Texas? Who was wide receivers? Yeah, had age, uh, 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 Julio. No, he did not.
4: Hold on now. Now I got
1: to. No, oh, he up. did not. Julio was the class after the championship against Texas.
4: What year? 20, 2011.
1: You, no, that's like 28.
4: He always had all-star receivers every time one championship.
1: Mm -hmm. Championship at LSU? Go look at that roster. I'm talking about Alabama. I'm I'm just saying. Just period. He's won championships without a big time. Oh, absolutely. What year did they win? 2000, I'm trying to think. Is that 2007? You might be right. That might have been Julio's freshman year.
4: They ain't never won no championship. It might, have been, might have stars. been.
1: Might have been started
4: You gotta have an all-star to see if you wanna win a oh, championship. He, matter
1: of fact, he was a sophomore. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he was yeah, he was Blenikoff damn near at that point.
4: Amari Cooper, when they beat us in championship 2012.
1: He was a freshman. Now I know Amari Cooper was a freshman that year.
4: And Mari Cooper ate himself. He had like a hundred yards in the first half or something crazy on like three, four catches. It was something stupid. Yeah, you need yeah. Sabers always had an all-star receiver anytime he's won a
1: championship. Uh, this is a kicker, dude. Julio only had forty-three receptions that year.
4: Yeah, that's when you was running the football, but them forty-three receptions probably for like fifteen hundred one yards. That goes to <laughs> my point.
1: They were running the football. Trent Richardson, Mark Ingram, Derrick Henry, yeah, they had right? The he beats Clemson and Dabo with Derrick Henry and Jake Coker at quarterback running the football. Then he comes right back with all these wide receivers and, and beats Georgia in the championship game with a true freshman quarterback into it. Like, this dude has won championships with three different styles of teams. That's 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 why he's the GOAT. I think Bill Belichick won championships with different styles of teams. And the crazy thing is, he lost the Super Bowl with his best ever that's offense. offense. Yeah. Which is crazy, which actually shows you how hard it is to win, honestly. Yeah, it's hard it is to win, yeah. It's hard to win. That really shows you how hard it is to win. Like, the defensive genius has his best offense and loses to Steve Spagnolia and the New York Giants.
2: Mother's Day is almost here.